This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you ready to do the shit? You bet you got some shit prepared, right? No, this is all you. Nah, man, you got to fucking come up with some shit. You ready? Okay, ready. Okay. okay. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. It's Chris Liss, your host, joined by my co-host, as usual, Don't Del Don, Yahoo Sports. And in keeping with our new philosophy of just getting to it, Dalton. Yeah, let's get right to it, Liss. I'm going to uh, San Francisco for dinner in a Giants game tonight, no, and I no, wanted to skip no. this week. And you said, no, 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 let's let's record. So You have a lot to say, is what you told me. So I did a lot of preparation yours. for this. The floor as is yours, did you. Liss. You did Yes, you did a lot of preparation for this too. And it's funny because I could have skipped. I almost was like, all right, but there's this party uh, in uh, in a part of town tonight. It's like June. There's It's like one long party in parts of Lisbon. And Heather and Sasha are going. And I was invited. And I was like, no, I just don't want to go. I got this podcast. And I've got another radio hit. And I just don't want to get drunk again during the week. I did it last week. And it fucked up my whole like couple days. And it just... I just, I'm sick of it, man. I'm too old for that shit. I just can't be boozing during the week. And those parties are only very mildly enjoyable when you're totally sober. They're okay. And I like some of the people, but I don't want to hang out tonight there. I had no incentive, no desire. So then you were like, then right when they leave and Heather was like really hoping I went, but I used the podcast as an excuse. And then right when I, after she leaves, I get the email from you saying, we can just skip it. And so, like, had that not been the case, maybe I would have said yes. But I, I, now I got to do it just to justify. I mean, like when OJ was, you know, acquitted, what did he have to do? He had to go find the real killers. So I'm doing the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah, he's convinced they were golfers, too. He's on the golf course quite a bit. Um, sure, I'm sure. <laughs> all right. So, so you, you, you said you were prepared. You said you had a lot to talk about. Uh, you demanded so, we did it. So uh, I'm here early before I leave the city. So, uh, I mean, let, let's so hear I got your a couple first of, topic of many. I got a couple of things. We'll get some sports shit, although nothing's going on in sports. I know. That's another reason football. I said that. It's like, come on. I mean, a down Durant. I mean, seriously, we've we, enough of that. Right. Except basketball. And like the basketball has been so beaten to death. Like there's just no, no one comes to this podcast for basketball analysis. That's not why they're here. They're not here for that. So we're not going to do that. So I got two things for you that are non-sports related. And we will, I guess, do we have to get something sports related eventually? Maybe. We'll, we'll try. I have a couple First, things there. I have a couple. What is this podcast even about? Like I was thinking like, what the fuck are we even doing? Like why would anyone listen to this? And <laughs> is A Real Man Wood truly the best title for this podcast? I mean, if you try to choose a title – you probably should ask yourself the question if you're choosing a title, well, what's this about? And even though we say real man would do this and nutless monkey would do that, it's not really, it's not really what this podcast is about. Is it? I think, uh, why would anyone listen to this is, should be our new tagline though, for sure. I, I, I do like, 
I do like that. And it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, you came up, you, you're the real man would. And I do, I will, I must say, I do like the fact that it says this, I think that the first sentence on iTunes, it says this podcast illustrates what a real man would do versus what Dalton Del Don would do. So I do have to say that's kind of clever that. at my expense. Well, I, I do think it's kind of I funny. guess I did have a you know moment of creative genius then a couple of years ago when I, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't even uh, pay attention to that. I must've done something right in my life at one point. All right, you bring so up just the existential question. question. So are you going to answer it for us, though? What, what is no? I'm not going to answer it. Yeah. I just I'm just saying. What you know? I was I was just thinking about it. A real man would. I mean, I like the whole real man concept. I'm totally on board with the idea of senseless risk of catastrophic loss. I'm totally on board with that. I like tweeting from that perspective. I had a couple tweets this week from that perspective, but. Is this really what this podcast is about? That was the one I was just questioning that. Okay. What's the, what's the I wasn't questioning one? the concept. <laughs> I'm totally on board with the concept. I just don't know that the concept is really what this has anything to do with this podcast, except that the title happens to be that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Fair. And it okay. was actually, it was actually used to be called East Coast Offense. You remember, right? Oh, that's for sure. That's been your longtime column, and that's you know clever, clever turn on the. And the so, West Coast so, so. Derek Van Riper, who's no longer even with Rotowire, he's with The Athletic, he was running our podcast, and he said, you know, East Coast offense is kind of generic, which it was. He was right. He said, you, you want to change it to a real man? Because I kept tweeting about it, or talk, we kept talking about it. I said, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Maybe I'll think of something else, and then I never did. So that's how it got the name. I just don't know, man. I don't know what, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Okay, that's just one thing. Okay. Second thing I was thinking about is, I may have mentioned this before, but maybe not. Maybe not here. Do you ever wake up and you go to, in the morning? I mean, you live in like the middle of nowhere, so it's different for you. But like you walk down the street and you get a coffee and you're like, uh, oh, coffee shop's still open. People are still working here. I can still buy a coffee. You get your coffee. If you go to the grocery store or whatever, you're like, oh, the groceries are still being stocked. There's still like meat and cheese and vegetables and fruit and whatever else at the grocery store. They haven't stopped stocking it yet. And you're like, wow, what's today? Today is what? June 12th? Is today the 12th? Yeah. June 12th, 2019. No total societal collapse yet, at least where I am. There's like some riots in Hong Kong. There's like riots every day in France, but nobody covers them because I don't think the media wants people to see that France, which is like the U.S. or any other first world country, is having real problems with the way things are run. But every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, it's June 19th. It's June 24th. You know, it's July 7th. You know, everything still seems to be working. And I don't take that for granted, man. Do you take it for granted? You just expect when you wake up the next day that the shit won't hit the fan, that everything's just normal? I do not live in the middle of nowhere. It may not be the biggest city, but calm down with that. And secondly, um, maybe I don't do that I was to take away from this. This whole I thing. I, nope. don't, I don't do that enough, but I, I recently had a, a health scare and I have uh, kind of changed my outlook in life. And I do appreciate things. And one thing that I've caught myself doing is I, I previously complained about far too, too many small things and, and, and stupid shit that didn't matter whatsoever. And I've, I've uh, attempted to, to stop doing that and, um, and, and catching myself doing that. So I, I guess that's where we stand there, but I don't, I don't wake up every morning questioning the existence uh, nearly enough, but uh, I probably should more. Yeah. I, the, the motto is really only sweat the small stuff. 
get no, fucking irate about the most no it's not minute, I really it's, i mean it's funny thing. you know I, that's why i love larry david and curb and stuff because I, I it's kind of me i'm a little neurotic that way but it's not though that's not the way to be happy it's not just no <laughs> do not sweat do the not. stuff no like it's existential at every turn right and then right. ignore I, ignore your more deep-seated problems well, I have the brain that, that wants to do that, to, to sweat absolutely everything. So it's, uh, I, I, I battle every day and not to, not to do that. But, but yeah. Anyway, let's so, talk about sports now or, or what? That's no, it, no, or, no, wait, wait, wait. Right. I'm not done with this. I'm not done with this topic. Okay. What I'm asking you then, is this the calm before the storm? Like the grocery store is still full? Zombie coffee shop? apocalypse? Not zombie apocalypse. I mean, I'm talking about realistic type of... I don't even know about apocalypse, realistic type of unrest. Is some shit coming or is this just any decade you could have thought some bad stuff was happening? Every time in the 70s, there was the whole inflation and oil shocks. In the 80s, you know, it was like nuclear war seemed possible. In the 90s, I don't know, bad taste was a big problem. I don't know what what the problem was in the 90s, but whatever it was. And then, you know, in the 2000s, obviously, after 9-11, terrorism seemed to be the, the thing. And now, is this just another pointless thing, or or is there going to be some some fallout from what's gone on in the last 20 years, 40 years, 50 years? Yeah. No, I mean, there absolutely could be. There's there's no question about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be a number of things. You know, this is not exactly what you're getting at here, but I... I mentioned this article I was reading uh, on the pod last week, uh, New York Times, about these old uh, fighter pilots giving detailed, uh, you know, accounts of the of UFOs they saw in the New York Times, and it just all seemed so legit. What would you do if you woke up, you know, tomorrow and there were big spaceships uh, above you? I mean, what I, I do sometimes, sometimes think of that. Um, I don't know, Liz. What 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 would your reaction be if that happened to you tomorrow morning? I'd be like, all right, who put the LSD? in my water by my bedside. Who the hell did that? That's not cool. No, I'd be like, thank you for doing that. Now I'm not even responsible for the state. There, there you I, go. Actually, I mean, that's not the one I worry about, but I'm not, uh, I'm agnostic about UFOs. You know, I'm agnostic about that kind of thing. I, if someone told me it were true, it wouldn't surprise me the most. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. I think a lot of the things that we think are true are just totally not true. And a lot of the things we think are not true actually are true. And that the more I uh, start getting used to that, then things like UFOs would not, it would be surprising to me, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't like change my worldview that much. But back, sort of like you're saying, you very well, you could be right. I mean, it could just getting closer and closer to, you know, problems because it's just all compounding. I mean, I get what you're saying and, and, and it probably is different where we stand today than the previous eras or whatever, as far as uh, destruction imminency. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, for a long time, Roger Maris's home run record stood. And every time someone get off to a fast start, like Reggie Jackson or one year was Matt Williams, I think that was maybe the strike year or whoever it was, there'd be a bunch of hype about it. And then inevitably it would be nothing. But then like Bonds and McGuire really did break it. And Sosa, all three of those guys broke it. Like that actually happened. You know, like, right, so right. you can, you could be like, nah, it's not going to happen this year in 98 when Sosa hit like 20 home runs in June but it did happen. It didn't happen for a long time, but then it happened. And that's kind of the way I'd see it now. Like, yeah, there were a lot of like close calls or a lot of stressful things that society went through, but it, it held together. But that does it, that's by no means any sort of assurance that it's going to hold together 
mm-hmm. forever or indefinitely. I mean, I, to me, that's not even evidence. That just means it's like that Bertrand Russell example I always give where he says it's inductive, re- inductive reasoning is like jumping off the Empire State Building and, and counting the windows as you go down. And when you get to 80 going, so far, so good. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It, yeah, we're 80 for 80. Everything's cool. Yeah, I don't know if I made a conscious choice, but I've stopped clicking the uh, climate articles nearly as often as I used to, just because it's just depressing. And what, why? I mean, what, you know, I mean, I have two two small kids, so I guess I actively kind of avoid thinking about that stuff in, in, in some aspects. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, I, I, a quote that I read on Twitter I thought was interesting, this guy, Naval Ravikant, he's pretty good. I, he can be a little cheesy, but some of the stuff is good. One thing he said was, if the news is fake, or no, he retweeted someone else. It wasn't even him. He said, if the news is fake, well, then think about how bad history is. <laughs> right? If You're even right. today's news, right. that, like people you know or people that two steps removed from you could verify, imagine the shit that happened two, three hundred, five hundred years ago, the way that how fake that must be. Seriously. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. I, I mean, didn't think of that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Just crazy. All right. We'll go back into sports and we'll get back into some of this shit, but I don't always want to bury the shit at the end. You know, I sometimes yeah. want to yeah. start it off. Yeah, I don't know. We, we'll get fewer we'll get fewer listeners, but our listeners will be more deranged. We'll get a more committed group of listeners. I think that's the way to look at it. No doubt. Um, I do have a few football things to throw at you, so, but just briefly, baseball, just Jordan L. Alvarez, I mean, a bomb in each of his first two games after just sick numbers in the minors and just, you know, the fact he's actually available in, in Fab and NFBC or will be because of, the, you know, just getting called up late in the week. What a, an interesting situation and what a monster. Do you have any shares of him? No, unless you got one for our, uh, you know, the Jonah Carey, the League of Leagues. Right. No, 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 we don't there. But um, yeah, no, me neither, man. He just looks uh, looks looks awesome. But how have your teams uh, been otherwise? Fantasy baseball of the past week since we last talked. So I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. So Derek Cardi, love Derek Cardi. I think he does great work. But the bat put out a projection for Jordan Alvarez, and it was 12 homers the whole year in 251 at bats. And uh, the guy draft sheet, who I don't really know the guy in person, but he actually cracks me up on Twitter. He's pretty yeah. funny. He's good in Twitter. Uh, he's really good. Yeah. He's funny. He's actually genuinely funny, and he'll go places that a more corporate person could not. He will really uh, push yeah. the boundary, which I which I enjoy. Yeah. But anyway, he uh, he was like he'll smash those numbers, and he was mocking the projection. And I just I have to. Well, here's the thing: projections. We may have talked about this. I know I talked about this on the XM show at one point. Are kind of dumb for fantasy in a way because they're asymmetrical, right? Like if he sucks and gets sent down when Springer and whoever, you know, and everyone comes back and there's no room for him, he's not hitting well, then okay, you drop him or whatever. But that's not really the important thing. Like that prospect sometimes gets sent back down. Like even Keston Hira was hitting pretty well, but he got sent back down. That's not really important, right? Because it's sort of like it's sort of like there's a lower bound on sort of the how good somebody is. It's like if he's if he's no good, he's no good and you get rid of him. But let's let's do a real projection assuming he stays up, which is probably like 80-90%, 90 plus maybe even. I mean, he's got to have 20 home runs rest of the way, right? I mean, 
Jorge Soler has 17 home runs in two and a half months. Roberto Perez, the part-time Indians catcher, has 11 or 12. I mean, everybody's hitting home runs except some of my guys. Of course, Jordan Alvarez should be projected for 20 home runs in three and a half months, right? I mean, it's just – it's a no-brainer, is it not? So a couple things. For, from what I've noticed, just my naked eye, the bat uh, and, and the rest of them, it seems like. But um, the bat, compared to their preseason projections, midseason, it seems to me they ha- it has made adjustments. A lot of the pitchers – their, their rest of season ERAs are all across the board higher than, than they were. Like, I do feel like he's made that adjustment, but this has been a thing with Cardi and his system with the prospects in the past, right? It was definitely Acuna last year, but I'm with you. The way the, the ball's flying out and the minor league numbers are silly. I mean, he already has two in the first two games. So to me, it would be far higher than that. I'm with you more, well, more like put it 20, this way. but go ahead, go ahead. Put it this way. We can make a bet. Like who's going to do better the rest of the season Jorge Soler or Jordan Alvarez, which is probably where the projections, they're probably close, right? 12 home runs. But why don't we make a bet who's going to be a first-round pick next year? Jorge Soler. Or, do you see what I mean? Like, it's what the hell are we betting on, right? I, I just feel like you can't – projections, if just for general purposes, are one thing. And I'm sure the bat in general is very good better than my projections would be just off the top of my head because it really does account for all the downside that's built into this guy never facing major league pitching before. But, you know, look at Eloy Jimenez, how good he was. And now he's starting to rake, but took him two months and he was hurt a little bit. And he's finally coming around now. And you, you know, if this takes two months for Alvarez, if it were to take two months, then, you know, we'd already be pretty late into the season. But if you, if you phrase it differently, like what are the odds he's a first round pick next year? I mean, Acuna was a first-round pick this year. It's just like these guys have that upside. They have that chance. So that projection, which counts all the sort of things that could go wrong as a rookie, to me that's just not like – that's not a relevant thing. It's not, it's, it's not relevant to what we do at least. It may be relevant to like a general thing. I just want to say that I, well, I totally agree with you with, uh, with Alvarez here, but I think that that's – it, it's almost unfair to have projections with that small sample, and I don't even think you should be go to bat for that because I agree with you. Having said that, I will say the, the prospects kind of aren't going crazy this year. I mean they, they, they aren't. And I understand that Fernando Tatis, really young, uh, man, looked like a monster. But, I mean, you want to go down the list, my guy Vladimir, I mean, Garrett Hampson. I mean, Eloy, yes, I just wrote about him last night. He has like one of five players with uh, multiple – 460 foot homers this year looks like a monster, but the dude's OPS was 690 a week ago. I mean, Michael Chavis has been, is the coldest uh, batter in baseball, and um, I mean there there are others that I'm forgetting. But I you mean, can't you. But this is but this is a huge fallacy, and you're ma- you're making well, my Austin, second point for Austin me. Austin Riley probably I think he has about a, a zillion strikeouts to zero walks the last two weeks too. Okay, well, I mean, that, that, that's coming. I mean that regression's coming. That's Im- that's imminent. But go ahead. Yeah, but you're making my case for me because you're you're. Equating Michael Chavis, who was not even totally supposed agree, yes. to play this year, right. with you know with Jordan Alvarez. I mean, right. you can't equate Ronald Acuna and even Austin Riley, who was like a top fifteen prospect versus like a top two prospect. You can't put those guys together. I mean, Jimenez and Vlad. I think you could put in that. You know, we can talk about Tatis, Jimenez, Vlad, Acuna. We talk about those guys, right? But I don't think we can talk about the 11th or 12th or 13th ranked prospect and put them in the same box as those guys. Well, That's well, sloppy. Okay. That's well, like saying NBA draft picks don't often pan out. I mean, for every LeBron James, 
you know, you sometimes have, and you talk about like the guy who's drafted eighth overall that year. And you're like, well, sure. the guy who's drafted eighth, you can't use that as a, an argument against LeBron James or against, you know, a number one pick or, or even like a number one pick like Anthony Bennett that nobody right, really exactly. thought should be a number one pick. If it's like a guy like LeBron or someone who's, you know, I mean, I think the, the you know, the, the guy this year at a Duke is legit. You know, I would put him, I mean, maybe not LeBron, but like, I would put him as kind of can't miss, right? Like I wouldn't be like, oh well, Kwame Brown and Anthony Bennett didn't do very well, so. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so again, to play uh, devil's advocate, just because um, Alvarez doesn't have some crazy high pedigree or something, he was like kind of a throwaway in a Dodgers trade a couple of years ago. Uh, having said that, the same could be said about Juan Soto. And to your point, it's just how Alvarez is raking. He's not just having a good season in the minors. He's having a historically good season. Therefore, not all prospects are, are considered equal. And I t- totally – I'm with you here. I'm just kind of throwing some counters at you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of Zion Williamson's name for a second, but I just you know, slipped my mind for one second. Maybe I'm just del- – as a Knicks fan, I'm just now – I've deleted him from uh, my database. But, um, yeah, I'm not talking about pedigree, but let's just look at, at the time that Alvarez got called up. What's the totality of his prospect value, right? right. I think that's Fair. the best way to look at it. It doesn't okay. matter whether he got there in two months or in two years, but I think he—I think we could say he got there one yeah. way or the other. And so at this point, he's an elite prospect. And I think you got to compare, you know, apples to apples. And the other thing is to say, well, what about Buxton? What about? And we can go back a few years, but we're in a different era. We're in an era now where guys are peaking younger and younger. They're more major league ready than ever. It's, you know, the ball's juiced. I mean, there's just so many reasons to think that, you know, an elite prospect is going to make good right away. And let's check back. I mean, I hope maybe Vlad doesn't do as well and you have to pay me money, but let's check back at the end of the year and see where yeah. Vlad and, and Eloy Jimenez are. I, you know, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. You know, right before we started recording, I don't know if you saw, but um, I doubt you're watching Dave Baseball randomly, but Nick Senzel had a collision in center field uh, with, the, I think it was his second baseman. He was down on the ground for a while. But I think he stayed in the game, so you're good to go on our bet. But uh, for a second there, I was I'm like, glad, oh, I'm glad man, you're rooting right? for a serious injury. Like, I'm not. To, I have him in my home league. Up. I said I'm rooting for him. I like him. I don't I don't need whatever. I don't need any money, more money from you. I, I'm sure I have a few few more bets coming my way. But, uh, oh, speaking of which, before we – are you done with this? I was uh, going to talk about football real quick. Are you – are we done? Or go ahead. Well, no, I, I want to say uh, – the hell was I just going to say? I had one more, one last thing on this. Oh, no, no. Just on baseball. You asked me how my team, so I don't want to get into it because okay. I got, I'm, I'm fucked. Like my, I, my main event team got in third place this weekend and I was like, I'm going to win this. Like my offense is point. But I lost Gallo. I just lost Seager. Like all my day to day guys are out this week. Chris Bryant's resting today. It's like I got zero offense. In Coors. It's all falling apart. And I, I just fall apart. Rough time to rest your players in Coors, you know? Yeah, I just it's just the whole thing is like crumbling. So we'll see. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna have to pick up some scrubs, but there's that. And the other thing is in the league. L- luckily, you uh, completely botched the league that we're in because I just benched Ramon Laureano this week because I was like, ah, it's at Tampa. I'll put in Jackie Bradley. What I don't even know who was who I put in, but somebody not good. And Laureano, do you see what he's done today? Uh, no, I did not. What, blew up two steal two steals and a grand slam. Oh, is that all? On my bench. He's been in my lineup most of the year, and he's got two steals and a grand slam today. Yikes. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. I hear you mention that quite quite often, too, my, my mistake. You keep reminding people on, on air. I, I, I like to hear that. So, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Now there Appreciate is a statute that. of limitations. I did, I did say there's a statute of limitations on how much I'm going to mention the egregious mistake you made last week. And I, I'll say 10 years. I promise you by 2030, you'll never hear about it again. Yeah, there's probably a direct uh, causation or correlation with you giving me shit and your team suffering injuries. It's a karma list. That's what it's called. Probably. It makes me feel better. All right, we can switch to football. That's all I got to say about baseball. Uh, okay, I'll just throw three things at you, then I'll talk to some tight ends. You can touch on these however you want. But one was a Tyreek Hill. I'm surprised. Like, it sounds like maybe he is going to play again this year. I don't know what, how you're treating him on your rankings or, or whatever you want to talk about that situation. The Raiders on hard knocks, that should be entertaining. And then what I was alluding to earlier, our bet, I think I heard you talk about on XM, our Eli bet was just him being on the roster week one. I wasn't starting. No, no, no. It was week one start. That's, do you have that written down? I think the whole point was just being on the roster with my bet. No, no, no. I'm so sorry that you were under that misimpression. No, it was the fact that they paid his roster bonus. I was like, it's over. And I, didn't I pay you the 50? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, paid me. Yes, yeah, paid me. I, th- I thought I was, was like, on the obviously, roster week one. No, it, no. It was that if they picked up a $23 million roster bonus, they're obviously starting in week one because Daniel Jones could take that job from week four, but you're not going to pay the bonus and not start in week one. I mean, that's it. That's why I pay. I was like, all right, well, I was wrong. Now, it's whoever's taking the under center week one. It was a okay. good Well, I, actually, that'd be funny if I, I mean, if I had to pay that back at this point. If he gets, if he's not, if he's on the team but not starting week one, that that, that actually could certainly happen. It's very unlikely, and but let, we can look at the terms of the bet. It's in one of the uh, pods, and it's also we should have an email about it. But it was it was who takes the uh, first snap week one. But obviously, like once they picked up the bonus, I was like, I was positive he was starting. Right. Yeah, no, that would be that would be interesting if he's on the team and doesn't. So what about do you have any thoughts on the other two things, Tyreek Hill and, and the Raiders on Hard Knocks? I, I never watch Hard Knocks, really. I mean, I'll see something you're, on Twitter. You're such I mean, a Gruden was, guy, though, man. I just figured. No, I know that you're not. You're, you probably wouldn't. I don't, that, I don't, you know, I don't like, here's one thing that I don't like. I don't like the memes about shit, like Bartolo Colon, you know, how fat he is and how funny he is, or Adrian Beltre, how goofy he is, and you know, John Gruden, the faces he makes, like all that shit, that Jeff Fisher thing, like that joke is so played. It's like all those jokes are so bad. I, I can't tell you, like when people tell those jokes, like it's like the Allen Iverson practice rant at this, like things like that, like they've lost all, they've lost it, man. They got nothing. So I'm not, like, I'm Gruden, not a big, yeah, I'm not a big meme guy either, but apparently Gruden does not want to be on this show. And him with Richie Incognito, they brought in Antonio Brown. I mean, that, that should be entertaining. I, I, I will be checking that one out myself. But um, I hear you about the memes and not a big gift. It's just like the, those either. jokes get so old. Yeah, maybe the Raiders will be funny anyway. And then Tyreek Hill, like, so, you know, the magazine just went to press and we had a blurb on him that I wrote before all the news came out. And then we just were like, all right, we'll just put him at 80. Because if he's suspended eight games or whatever, it's kind of hard to draft him because you just wait around with a dead roster spot and then like hope that you know they haven't moved on or you know who knows right? It's, that's that's if he's suspended just eight games. So I thought I would just put him in there just so like hey you know we're not forgetting about this guy. Here's the write up. There's a lot to say about him. And then I just left it because I'm like the magazine is you know going to come out next week and. You know, there's going to be a lot more news on this, you know, how what's going on in training camp, whether the NFL issues a suspension. So rather than just randomly guess in June, we just left it. But, you know, now, I don't know. I 
I think there's a chance this just goes away. Like people just like, look, the recording didn't sound good, but it was, it was just his, I don't know if it was his fiance or his wife saying he did something bad, but neither of them formally, formally, right. Admitting to it under oath or anything. And so like, what, you know, what do they really have? Yeah, no, there are also reports actually that the broken arm was was ruled accidental too by by a fall or something, and they were. So it sounds like to me that he's he who ruled be, it accidental. It was a law, fall. Basically. The law, yeah, the law. Oh. That, that it was erroneously reported that the reason that the that they were getting uh, investigated was over that broken arm. Now, don't now there was also some like violent spankings, and it's unclear if he or she did it. Probably both, and they were getting investigated. It was just un, unclear the reason why, but. It all sounds you know horrible, what? and he's like a, a not the great a, a great dude. But yeah, I mean, I guess maybe he is going to play in the NFL again. And I, I had totally written that off. Yeah, me too. And and the other thing is that, you know, that it wasn't his, his fiance saying some pretty nasty things and saying, you know, he did this and he's violent and he's terrified of you. But like, they're in a fight. They're in a heated fight. You know what I mean? It's not like she's testifying under oath factually. You know, she's just. Right. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Obviously upset and angry and saying something in anger. It's hard to use that as like straightforward. Oh no, this is we can just make sure this is definitely an accurate reflection of what happened. Shitty situation, and I was ready to just write the dude off. And now the more details coming. But like, what if? It's, like, what if? But like, what if? And I'm not saying this is true. I, I think the most damning thing is what happened in college, right? Because he he's already got a strike correct. against him. He did. Correct. He actually did Horrible. something bad. Yes. But you know, what if the kid accidentally got hurt? But why was she calling the police then? If it was an accident, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not sure how how that all got reported. I don't. Even, I'm not even sure she called the police on him. Yeah, I don't know. There was some sort of uh, uh, the child health became well being came into question, and some sort of services were there investigating. And I don't know their their idea of discipline would cross the line. But um, as far as the broken arm, supposedly what I read, like on Pro Football Talk, the official police report was ruled accidental. So whatever that means, you probably got to move them up to like. 35 or something right just there's some point at what point in the draft do you just say who knows maybe he gets off scot-free i think the nfl give him yeah the hard part if he's uh, the law are two separate things you know the nfl is definitely gonna suspend him they might just suspend him for having a bad look even if they don't you know they're not even saying look we don't know what you did and didn't do but this recording is this recording And and the history you said he has history too as you said right that you have a history and you know, wh- whether or not this is factually true, you are on the hook for this because you embarrassed the NFL. You make us look like a, a league full of bad guys, and that alone is enough to suspend you. 
Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not suspended half the year still, but I will admit, I, I thought he was done, and he, it's, it's looking like he might not be. Um, yeah, so if, if he is suspended half the year, where yeah, do you, where you rank I, him? I, yeah. I don't draft I him if he's suspended half the year, unless, I'm, unless it's NFBC and it's a 10-team bench, a 10-man bench, and you can just kind of keep him there, and it's like the 12th round, and you're like, all right, I'll put him on the bench. You know, because that that would be worth it. But like in a Yahoo league where there's like a four man bench, no way. Yeah, that'd be really tough. Yeah, it's funny you said 35. That's where I moved uh, the rookie replacement Hardman uh, to, to lately. But if Hill's coming back, that sounds exactly right. About like, wouldn't that be about if you miss half the year around 35? Is about the time you take a flyer is where you said that. That's but all depends on how no, much roster space. If I knew he were missing half the year, I would not draft him at 35. It's not worth, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And the NFBC, you know, maybe at 45 or 50, I might take a shot because again, 10 man bench, you know, you don't, you're not really, you can just right. wait. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. People would probably take, take a flyer on him even ahead of that. Um, you want to go over some, uh, tight ends. That's, uh, I'm talking about the position in the NFL. Um, or, uh, do you want to wait till next week and cut this one shorter and go over the random stuff up to you list? It's your pod. You're the one that demanded today's session. Yeah. As the normal scheduled session, you know, I'm not, I'm not making any demands. I'm just showing up for work, dude. Uh-huh. I mean, it's one thing to Bye. skip out on work for an emergency, but for a giants game, a, a San Francisco baseball giants game. Yeah. Come that- on, man. Far more of an excuse to go to a good good restaurant in San Francisco and probably show up late and leave early to that garbage product they have. But I just miss I miss Chris Paddock, uh, my my boy, by one day. He pitched there last night, but um, you got Joey Lucchese on the mound tonight. But so what does that mean? You want to talk some 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 tight ends? I'm going to throw some names at you and, and get your opinion on them. Yeah, real fast. All right. Okay. So or we can wait till next week then. Do you want? I mean, I no. Could, just I, do it. Just okay. do it. Just All do right. it. This isn't I that important. Like, I feel like Ertz is gonna is gonna be the bust of the big three, and this is, Goddard's gonna you know gonna develop or whatever, and it just things kind of went his way to me. He's gonna be the guy that's gonna be the disappointment early. Is that what is your thoughts on my thoughts? Uh, I think that's he's gonna obviously you know he broke the record for catches, and he's not that good. He's not as good as Kelsey or Kittle, but he's still he's gonna have like eighty nine to ninety five catches. For like 920 yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, you might be a little disappointed, but full PPR, you're still going to get your, you know, roughly your money's worth. Right. I've talked about OJ Howard. I he's going to go nuts before and your guy Ingram. So what about Hunter Henry? Your thoughts? I mean, that guy, healthy, he could be, be a total monster. Obviously, Gate Is Gates still going to play again? Doesn't matter. But what are your thoughts on Henry? Nah. I read a, a Pianowski thing. We, we do the uh, Fantasy Index magazine. Pianowski was in it. I was reading the comments. And he said, you know, betting on injury optimism is usually a mistake in the NFL. And I, I think that's right. And, and I think Mike Williams is a real problem because Mike Williams is 6'4", 220, scored 10 touchdowns on 66 targets last year. You know, the guy who left, Tyrell Williams, is just a deep threat outside receiver. Mike Williams is going to be the red zone guy. So Hunter Henry may hurt Mike Williams a little bit, but I think he's the number two red zone guy now. So it's not quite as good for Hunter Henry as it would have been a couple of years ago had he stayed healthy. That's a fair point. Keenan Allen, though, long history, injury history too, though, so that he could go down. That could be a big, big deal for Henry he's, there too. What, he's played um, 32 straight games, Keenan Allen. I think he's played yeah. 32 in a row, so I'm yeah. not too worried about him. I mean, he's not a red zone guy, but I think that Mike Williams is like the last guy you wanted to see uh, develop if you're, a hunter, if you're waiting on Hunter Henry for this year. Mike Williams looks really good too. I think he's going to be legit this year. I know. I'm going to have some I'm going to have a lot of Mike Williams. Jared Cook joining uh, the Enigma now joining the Saints. I mean, that looks pretty good on paper, yeah? 
good on paper. There's like, you know, obviously those worthless reports and off season mini camps saying that Jared cook looks great, but, and, and tight ends do peak late. I don't know. I have him in the top 10. I think this exercise works better when I don't even look at your rankings, but I vaguely heard you say it on XM or something about, I think Ebron should be right around here um, just because of how the amount of targets the tight end gets by Andrew Luck. But um, who knows what to make of Jack Doyle. But I feel like you had Ebron way lower. Maybe I'm making that up. What, what are your thoughts on him? 15th. I have him 15th. Yeah. Okay, so I was right on that. Okay, so why? I mean, you see how this target share when he did play? Yeah, he drops it. Whatever. Who cares? You see his target share last year? Yeah, but he had a high target share because they didn't have anybody else to throw to. They were starting like Zach Pascal, Chester Rogers. No, it's always they have a tight end, end for a while? It's, I can't it's remember. Always, always a tight end with luck. No matter every year, the tight end he leads every right, single well, year. If Doyle's he's, back. So they got Doyle back. And they is got the ambul- uh, is he ambulatory? I mean, Doyle is man. I guess I you're right. He might so. just throw to him. It, it, they got, but they, but not just that's that's not just that's not it. They have Devin Funches, who's six four, two thirty. So he's another huge target and red zone guy. That uh, Ebron was like Mr. Red Zone last year, and then they drafted Paris Campbell in the second round. So they added like a legit four three one six foot plus receiver and Doyle. And Funchess. Well, now, Ebron's lot, actually got to compete. Well, there'll be a lot of touchdowns to go around. I mean, they don't have a horse for running back either. So I think, um, all right, I, I can't see drafting 14 tight ends above that situation he's in, even as a pedigree too. But all right, okay, so you're down on Ebron. Uh, what about Njoku, I mean, a guy I, who, who looks legit, but obviously a lot of mouths to feed and could be an awesome Cleveland offense though. Is so, he, so I'm looking at my list there? now. Jared, Jared Cook is six, Hunter Henry seven. Delaney Walker might be too high at eight, but uh, he's like he's, 35 he and they have so many guys, man. I know, but I mean, you want to do a Delaney Walker, Eric Ebron prop. I mean, uh, name the amount. Nah, I don't really, maybe I'll, I'll move this. I'll move Walker down. I just, I don't like Walker that much, but tight ends, you know, they, they get a lot of targets well into their thirties. I mean, this is like tight ends are like the best aging position of all positions. Yeah, um, I advanced McDonald. I advanced McDonald nine. I have Njoku yeah, I like 10. That. Rudolph 11. I kind of hate Rudolph, though. He yeah, sucks. I know. Me too. He just resigned. Mark, yeah. Andrew, Mark Andrews 12th, and I'm, I'm going to move him up to like oh, Okay, so you like you like Mark Andrews a lot. Wasn't Hayden Hurst show up swole, and he had a high pedigree too? But I, I, I'm with you. I, I've heard some good things too. But that's pretty aggressive for a team that, you know, they're the Ravens. All they're going to do is run and then run again and then run again. But that's interesting. That that high, huh? Yeah. I mean, who else? How many passes are the Ravens going to throw? What do you think? Uh, man. Yeah, I know. 10, 12 a game. No, seriously. I, I, yeah. So I mean, what do you have? Chris Moore's our number one wide receiver. I mean, I hear you Hollywood. That's what Brown. I mean. No, I mean, it's going to be, you. what's I his name? You. AJ Brown, Marquise Brown. Uh, he's going to be, well, he's hurt now, but he's, you know, he should be their number one receiver and like Willie Sneed and Chris Moore. I mean, it's garbage. They're going to throw 450 passes, 430 passes. I mean, that's the Seahawks were dead last last year and Russell Wilson threw 430 passes. Sure. Right. So they're going to throw, Everybody throws 400 times. No, I, so it's just fine. Do I, the I actually ma- like Mark Andrews, too. I'm not even going to argue that. Yeah. So you have him over yeah. both uh, rookies. I'll just do that right now. I'll actually do that. You have him definitely over Fant and Hawkinson. Is that Haw- oh, yeah. whatever just, the hell you Yeah, Fant's 22 and Hawkinson okay. is 24. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, Andrews. Yeah, no, he's a, so who, who else I can ask you about? Um, Andrews was one I was going to. So are you are you interested in like a Jimmy Graham bounce back or a Greg Olson? Those guys are. Oh, I'm with you with the Rudolph. I'm not not too interested there. The other the other on the other side, what about Chris Herndon, a young guy? Uh, I'm you know, 16th. 16th. Okay. 
yeah, seems a little, so that's not too exciting. I mean, not too too bearish on him. But uh, so thoughts on Herndon, Graham, or Olson? I have Graham fourteen, Herndon sixteen, Olson seventeen, Ebron fifteen. Like right in the middle of those guys. I, I mean, Graham could be good, right? I mean, but the whole offense is going to be different, and who knows how it's going to go. You know, but Graham may just be over the hill and irredeemable. I have Austin Hooper at 13. He was better last year. And, you know, they, they have like three solid guys, but Sanu's kind of just crap. And I think Hooper may get involved again. And these and tight ends, like, they peak at like, you know, five, six years into the league. Like, you're always hoping for that breakout, and it happens later than you think. Like, in Joku, I could see him being okay this year and break out next year. Right. You know, when everyone's sort of been like, yeah, that's just a ceiling. And then he takes another level. Herndon, it's just the gaze situation, man. I just, who the hell knows? You, you can't count on anything. At 16, among tight ends, you're like, okay, I'll buy that upside here, but you can't count on anything. Where do you have Doyle? I didn't hear that. Sorry. Doyle's 19. 19th, okay. Um, any sleepers later, the Matt Lacoste on New England situation, uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, I kind of like what I'm reading about Jordan Thomas in Houston. There's just such, an, such an opportunity if one of those young tight ends did emerge yeah i don't know it's possible um i should probably move up jordan thomas he's too low but um i mean they throw to three receivers although they're always hurt but you have fuller right qt and and hopkins and hopkins is a target hog and those other guys will probably get 100 targets each so you're gonna have almost 400 targets i think between the three receivers if they stay healthy so you know the backs will get a few couple of tight ends couple of fourth receiver fourth receiver types. I don't know that any tight end there gets more than 70, 80 targets. Yeah, it's but, possible he does, but I you know, I don't see anyone jumping out. And then Lacoste, I mean, he's their top guy for now. Watson suspended four games, right? But he could be yeah. back. Yep. So Everett, I mean the Rams just don't use the tight end that much. Everett hasn't shown much. He and Higby seem to be like equally scrubby. Do you like playing in two tight end leagues? No, not really. I don't think it's necessary. I think the QB flex, we talked about this yeah. last week, is, is is becoming almost a necessity. But two tight ends, I don't I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, man. Uh, that's all I got on the sports talk. Uh, Black Mirror just came out the new season. I don't know if you know. I've checked out two of the three episodes. Um, one wasn't so great. One I did I did like. Uh, have you have you caught them yet, Liz? Heather saw him without me, and oh. she said the same thing, that one out of two was good. She said it's just very different. I don't want to get too much in the details because I do plan to watch it at some point. But the way she described it roughly, which I was already annoyed that even what she told me, I don't really want to see it. I'm not as excited to. I mean, I probably will just because I like the series, but that it's like different. It's more Americanized. It was like very British before. Yep. yep. So I'm less into it. Yeah, that sounds like a fair assessment, but uh, I will check back with you next week if you do check it out. The uh, Billions finale was fun and entertaining as expected. And next up on my list, though, as everyone says, is so good, is Chernobyl. I need to need to jam through that this week. Have, have, you, have you guys, what, either of you watched that list? Heather told me she read some review that it was terrible, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But she reads like New York Times and like I've already kind of dissed the New York Times for like all their sort of fake opinion political stuff. But then, you know, she was very partial to the arts and the reviews, and she likes this one guy, A.O. Scott or whatever. Yes, yes, of course, yeah. And now I'm like, you know, maybe that shit's just as bad because it might not have been him, but she said everything was terrible. One thing that I did hear was that all this, it was all fake. Like, it wasn't actually what happened. 
Hmm. Interesting. And we'll comment on us and tweet it if it's worth watching or not. Because I, I was definitely planning to, but I think I screwed up the DVR. Like the third episode's not on there. So I was wondering how big of a headache to go through it. But man, I'd heard quite a bit of buzz. So I felt like I needed to check that out. But that's interesting to note. I know that you, you back in the day told me the you know, look at the pictures of Chernobyl is like the, the oh, worst dude. thing in the world, like ever to do. Don't ever do that. Dude. Like don't, don't do that. Yeah. There's a terrible site called Slate. It's a horrible site in general, but I used to look at it for like political stuff. God knows what I was thinking back then. And, <laughs> I come and they had some like Chernobyl. What's that? I come across Slate articles still, but go ahead. All right. It's terrible. It's, so it's like, I can't even imagine the, I can't even imagine who the target audience for that is. But anyway, they had like this Chernobyl series, like pictures of all like the people that were there and the kids and stuff. And don't ever, ever duck, duck, go Chernobyl and Slate. Don't ever look at those pictures, whatever you do like that. It was so fucked up. You know, I, I've been reading a lot about you know, climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it, and have some you know varied opinions on that. But you know, the guys, some of the guys that I respect are pushing for like generation four nuclear. And I don't know enough about the science to really say, you know, how sound that is, but it, you know, at least their arguments seem somewhat compelling and it's like, it's clean. It won't, it's, you know, much less risk of, you know, any sort of leak or problem meltdown. And you can use the spent fuel rods as fuel rather than having to bury them somewhere that nobody wants it anywhere near them. And so like, that's all good. And, you know, maybe that's the solution. And it's, you know, the thing that's kind of scalable now, it's way more scalable than like wind and solar right now. But like, if you see those pictures, it might not even be rational. You're like, that shit is, there's nothing more horrifying than that. There's nothing more horrifying. I I just can't, it's beyond anything you can imagine. So don't ever Google that shit or duck to go that shit. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. Do not do it. Um, did you did you do it when I said not to before? Oh, we did in a hotel room uh, when we were on one of those trips. Oh, I did it. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. it in front of you and made you. Oh, made you, you subjected see it. me to this. Yes. So I saw it. Yeah. No. It's, That's it's I not mean, a joke. Yeah. That's no, it's, it's not a joke. Yeah. No, it's not not great. Uh, let me make this transition to the the main event. Uh, I'm sure you've heard all about it and really excited. Um, seriously, though, have you have you heard this uh, that Justin Bieber challenged Tom Cruise to a fight uh, on Twitter? Chris Liss, your thoughts. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I heard, uh, I saw some guy challenge. He's like, find an actor that's 30 years older than you and challenge him to a fight. I didn't know. That, that's what, what he's referring to. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's yeah. referring to. Justin Bieber is, uh, is publicly challenging Tom Cruise to a fist fight, which is just pretty, pretty funny. And I had to mention it. What, what, is it because I was hoping, I was hoping that you is it because, is it because they have a beef or is it just because he's just making no, a no, joke? No one absolutely. It's, it's definitely, he is acting serious and no one knows why. And like Cruz is like such like, a, you know, like non-confrontational dude. He's like whatever in his mid fifties. It's, it's pretty funny, but uh, no, it's, it's apparently he's being serious and like uh, Conor McGregor is trying to step in and, and put it on, but who knows what uh, uh, Cruz will even respond. But uh, yeah, no one knows why or, or what's going on, but I thought it was uh, rather humorous. Uh, do you have any plans for father's day coming up this weekend list? Uh, I do. Uh, apparently, Sasha and Heather have a surprise for me. Ooh, so I don't know exciting. what it is, though. Ooh, exciting. That's that's something to look yeah, forward to. So, looking forward yeah, to it. So, yeah. so you know it's coming, but it's a surprise, but you don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I know that we're meeting a good friend of mine out here for brunch in the morning, but she said the surprise is more like 3 o'clock. And I said, okay, all right. I can't imagine what it is, but, you know, we'll see. All right, man. Good deal. You got any uh, 
political talk. I won't bore you with any Warriors. I'm going to the game six. They're going to lose in my face. I already witnessed game seven, uh, the Kyrie Irving shot in my face. And I will be there in person to watch the dynasty end with Durant, Achilles blown apart. I cannot believe that he did that while coming back, feeling the pressure to come back. What a disaster list. Talks in politics. Well, I mean, feel, this is the, feel this is the talking politics. This is the task they should have had, right? This is the real team that set the record that should have been defending its own dynasty. And it's got to do it now down three, two and see if they can do it. Durant was just, uh, it should never have been on that team. And I feel bad for the guy personally. I know I crap on him all the time for joining the Warriors. Obviously I don't, I'm not happy that he hurt himself and I'm sure he'll now sign with the Knicks for the max deal and then like never be himself. That's such a Knicks move. We were talking about this on the XM show. Like they would sign him hoping that he would get back healthy and he'll get back kind of, but it'll be like 80% and he'll have the max deal and he'll be like Carmelo Anthony when he first joined the Knicks, like good enough that he'll take all the shots, but not good enough to be the to max win. contract guy. To that, win. Yeah. Right. To and they'll win. get like a right. Kyrie or they'll get like, you know, a broken down Boogie Cousins or something to join. You know, they're going to get all those guys because that's right. who they get. That's yeah, what they for do. Sure. For sure. So that's going to happen. But but the Warriors, this is the team that should have been all the time. They should have like, you know, swapped out like supporting, you know, like role players. But this should have been the team, and let's see if they can win. I, mean, I think that's legit. I think it should be in some ways better because you'll have actually earned the win if they win. You oh, didn't yeah. steal a couple. So. No, for sure. It would be sweet, but uh, it looks, looks unlikely at this point. So the last thing I want to say is uh, not, not about politics, nothing real. I'll say one funny thing about politics. Uh, some Democratic strategists were interviewed in some article, and out of like 50 of them or 40 of them, 17 said Tulsi Gabbard is the one they least like, like to win the Democratic nomination. These are like party strategists. So I think it's a huge point in her favor. Like those That's people it. are the worst of the worst. Those like strategists, so consultants. You, you like to hear that. That's what I was going to say next. Yeah, oh, those consultants – those like, you know, people from like Clinton world, like hanging on corporate go-betweens, the people that have the contacts in the boardrooms and they go and like influence their candidate to do the bidding of the special interests, though they hate her the most. Just so you know. Okay. So right. that's one thing. Right. Gotcha. The other thing, I saw this uh, interesting Nassim Taleb video on Twitter today and I, I just find this stuff really interesting. He was saying that there's, and this is in his books, but just, I didn't really get this until I saw the video today. So I may always put it out. He said, like, people fail to understand risk because they say things like, well, Ebola only killed six people last year or something like that, or however many did. You know, household accidents killed 5,000 people. So what are you worried about Ebola for? Right? And he says, well, if you found out that a year from now, a million people died of X and your choices were, was it household accidents or Ebola, what would your, what would your guess be? Right. right. That's a fair if point. A hundred million people died a year from now of Definitely X. The accident. Definitely and the choices were, yeah. is it Ebola or household accidents? Right. Like uh, obviously the household accidents. So he yeah. basically makes the point, these people who look at things and they say, you should be worried about heart disease, not Ebola. Or you should be worried about alcoholism, not terrorism. You know, they're misunderstanding the way risk works. And he had this really cool example. I thought he said, if you found out that two people that you'd found two people at random and it turned out that they were he said uh 2.1 meters tall which turns out to be like like each guy's six nine on average what would you guess their heights were so in other words like combined they were like 13 foot six or whatever 13 foot four you know two people well the most likely would be that they're both six nine 
because as you get taller than six, not even six nine is rare. Like there's few, you know, it's not like an eight foot guy and a six foot guy. Right, a nine foot guy. Right, there's no nine footer and a five footer to make up that, you know, whatever it is, nine footer and a four footer. There's some four footers, but there's no nine footers. So the most likely split to make that height would be like two two guys who are about six nine, right? That would be the, the most likely thing to happen. And he and he calls that mediocristan, meaning like it's a it's a set of data there where it gets each you know little standard deviation you go up from six nine. It gets like, you know, it's like one out of maybe a thousand people, six, nine or a thousand men or whatever. But if you get to like seven feet, it's already like one and out of every right way more hundred thousand. If you get to eight feet, it's like one in a billion. You know, I mean, it becomes like it goes out like that. But he said, if you said there's two people and their combined net worth is thirty million dollars. Oh, you know, which is probably right. as rare as a six oh, nine guy. So it's going to be the so what he's going to say, the most likely is one has thirty million. Right, like twenty nine point nine nine nine. The other guy has most people have no money, and right. a few people have a lot of money. So that way, it would be the total opposite. It would be that it, one guy had basically everything, and yeah. that's the most likely scenario. And he says that's you know we call that extremistan. That's his other you know sort of situation. Those are very different situations. It's kind of like the Ebola thing. It's kind of like well, you know that's if you say like oh well what are the chances you die of Ebola you know in the past year it's like almost zero. What are the chances you die in a car accident? It's high. But if you said like a year from now, 100 million people die of X, you know, you're, you're not going to guess car accident. He just said it, it just shows. And you're going to think you're about gonna, the. You're going to guess medical malpractice, right? I would guess that shit is probably. Sorry, call that. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. But that when people talk about risk, like in news, you know, like journalists and stuff, they'll be like, well, here's what here's what we should be focused on or whatever. They get it completely wrong. And he also pointed out that part of the reason Ebola is relatively rare is they contain it as quickly as possible. They quarantine people. They do what they can. So if they didn't, like maybe it would have blown up or it had a better chance to. So anyway, I just thought it was a really interesting uh, no, I video. And you, you love that guy. He's interesting. Yeah, he is I, interesting. yeah, I love the guy. I, know you like him. I yeah. love the guy. I think he's cool. I think he's interesting. I think he makes good points. And uh, he's very uh, openly combative and a dick to people on Twitter, which I like. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Uh, good stuff. And I hope you have a good father's day and, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week, next week list. You, you got any, you got any plans from father for father's day? I don't have any plans, uh, myself. Um, I'm guessing it'll just be something, uh, something around the house. I don't, I don't have any plans. Right my, my actual wife and kids are out of town for the next couple days. And, uh, I've never had the house to myself, but I just happen to be going to this giants game and the Warriors game. So, uh, I'm missing the time to have the bachelor, the bachelor pad. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing for father's day, but I'm sure it'll be something boring. Well, I wish your family loved you more. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, d- d- I join. I agree. List. I'm, I'm very, uh, very not loved by both my family and my podcast partner who enjoys nothing more than my plight and uh, making fun of my, of my uh, mistakes. Yes. It's tough. It's tough being you, but you know, there, there's a, there's a silver lining. Pray, pray for me know. when I. When I, I don't. I, I don't know what it is. I don't actually know what it is. Pray, All right, pray man. Me, as I have to go to the. As, as I'm subjected to having to go to Game Six of the NBA Finals. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll see where you're at, at next week. All right, man. Later, list. All right. Take it easy, Dalton.